0: Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known. The gospel lesson for today is from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 25. This can be found on page 1122 of your pew Bible. On the last day, both believers, as well as the created order, will be restored to the original glory that God intended before the effects of sin entered the world. A reading from Romans chapter 8, beginning with the 18th verse. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, for the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pain of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word.
1: When I had my daughter Elise 20 years ago, I lived in Seattle and I was considered a high risk pregnancy. Now, many of my brave friends decided to have their children in hot tubs in their living rooms and also had very elaborate birth plans, which included things like how long in labor they intended to sit on the birthing ball, to do walking around, to be in the tub. Um, But, uh, you know, I figured that having never done this before, I was going to take my cues from the medical team. Um, When my nurse asked me for my birth plan, I know she was expecting several pages of instruction, and I had an unrehearsed answer. I said to her, just three words, whatever it takes. I said, if I and the baby are alive on the other side of this, it will have been a success. She laughed and I think breathed a sigh of relief. But for me, it was like asking, would you like sparkling water or tap when you're on a train that's about to go off the rails into a free fall? I just (laughs) recognized that uh, this whole experience of childbirth was definitely beyond me. Now, you may wonder, why in the world is she talking about childbirth at the start of this sermon? Well, you may have noticed that in our scripture for today, what we see is that Paul is using that image. He's describing the groaning as in childbirth. And what he's telling us about in this text, he's talking about the created order and what's happening. And what we're going to see is that even though we suffer and groan now, our future with God will be glorious. Even though we suffer and groan now, our future with God will be glorious. So I wanna take a look together with you at verses 18 to 21, and we'll try to unpack this text. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us, and future glory. So what is Paul actually saying here? Well, he's pointing us back to the very beginning of the story of the Bible. God's original intention in the garden was that we humans would walk and talk with God, that there would be no impediment to our relationship. And we know that that happened for a little part of the story, and then Genesis 2 and 3 happen. And what we find is that Adam and Eve disobeyed God and rejected and turned away from God. And in that, there were punishments that came. Those punishments for the woman included severe pain in childbirth, as well as having a desire for your husband who will rule over you. And the men were told, you will have futility in labor. You will toil with thorns and thistles trying to bring forth food from the earth and both of you will now die. Now interesting, both those punishments were found in our text for today, futility and groaning. The sufferings for us and all of creation, by the way, are that we are in bondage and to corruption. And what that means is that we are slaves to sin, death, and decay. Now, news reports daily back this up, don't they? We hear about wars and tortures, starvation, slavery, famine, all marks of a fallen world in which suffering is inescapable. But look what Paul goes on to say. He says, it's not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed. What we see in this verse is that suffering is not the end of the story. It wasn't for Jesus, and it isn't for us. God has not abandoned us to the consequences of our own sin or the sin of a fallen world. And it's into this tragic story that God brings about his perfect plan, one of freedom and glory. I want to spend a moment with that word, glory. It's a weighty word. It means God is the source of all holiness, beauty, goodness, and blessing. But those are kind of esoteric, right? It's hard to picture that in your mind's eyes. So I want to give you a little window into the word glory that we find in the last two chapters of Revelation. This is where it's describing the glory of the new heaven and new earth. So just try to imagine this scene for yourself. Picture a holy city coming down from heaven, radiant with jewels, high walls with gates made of pearl, A single pearl, streets of pure gold, filled with the glory of God's light. And a river runs through the middle, flowing from God's throne. On either side is the tree of life, full of fruit, with leaves for the healing of the nations. And when we get to this place, we are going to be so full of joy that we're going to want more than anything else to worship and praise God like the best stadium concert ever. This is likely going to cause seismic waves throughout the cosmos. God's glory is all majesty, perfection, and radiance. Glory not only describes heaven, what awaits us, but also what's going to happen on that final day when Jesus comes to judge Redeem and renew us and all creation to make things right. So friends, there is amazing wonder yet to come. Now we have suffering, but a better day is coming. And the reason we know this is true is because we long for it. You heard that verse we read. We long for things to be different in our world and in ourselves. Something in us knows this isn't the way it's supposed to be. We long for more. And I love this C.S. Lewis quote. You've probably heard it here before, but it's worth repeating. And you'll see it on the wall behind me. If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Our true home is with God. Our longing points to him. And we do even more than long for this place. We actually groan along with all creation. So let's take a look together at the the other verses in our reading for today. Verses 22 through 25. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth. with patience. Beyond longing moves to groaning, and groaning is deep, strong sounds that are emitted involuntarily because of severe pain, grief, or distress that could be physical or mental. Groaning is expressing our feelings when they are beyond words. For us to express them, <clears throat> we see this in the scriptures in Exodus 6. God hears the groaning of the Israelites when they're in slavery in Egypt. And the term is also used of soldiers dying in a battlefield. When their lives are slipping away, they cry out, and it's known as death pain or the death cry. I'm sure many of us in the room have had times of suffering that were so great, you had tears and groans from places deep within you that you didn't even know were there. There are definitely groans that also come from delivery rooms. As our bodies do what they were created to do, to birth new life, childbirth the first time is terrifying. There's no shortcut to get from being pregnant with child to holding a newborn in your hands without pain and sacrifice. Pain, tears, fear, anticipation, and feeling overwhelmed are all part of the process. In my delivery, I had an epidural, um, which is supposed to numb you from the waist down, and my shot only took on one side of my body. Not a good physician to be in. I see there was at least one more woman who's had this experience. So what that meant was during most of my delivery, I had fire and searing pain on one side of my body, and then I was calm and numb on the other side. Talk about some brain confusion. Um, A second shot came shortly before delivery, but I think God did this for me because he gave me a little taste of what those women who chose natural childbirth were going through. But also what so many women around the world do without that option of having pain relief. Uh, I also thought of how many of those women in other countries sometimes are taking the risk of their own life to give birth to a child, to lay down their life so someone else might live. And what a picture of what Jesus did for us. But I can tell you, for all of us, the pain was worth it. Paul uses this childbirth metaphor to describe how much pain we are now enduring as we're longing for God's future glory. And in our text, Paul tells us what's coming for those in Christ. I outline those terms, and you'll see it on the wall behind me. Let me just briefly unpack them for you. Revealing. We're told the whole creation has been groaning till now, Meaning the creation is longing for us, God's children, to be revealed, to realize our full identities, and to walk in authority and right living, having dominion over the earth and all that's in it. We have a weighty calling. Being set free from the bondage of sin and death and obtaining freedom as God's children both come to us because of Jesus' death and resurrection. In the Old Testament, first fruits meant the f- first crops that were produced or the firstborn animals. They were given to God as an offering, a thanksgiving sacrifice. Here in Romans, Paul is using first fruits to describe the Holy Spirit that is in us. Our full adoption as God's children means that we are adopted today, but there's more to come. And that Holy Spirit is the down payment of our future inheritance. And the Holy Spirit helps us to tell the world that the future belongs to God. Finally, the redemption of our bodies. Now that's an unusual phrase. It means we will attain new and improved bodies like Jesus in the life to come. God saves all of us. Body and spirit. Now, our, our, we are adopted and we have an inheritance even today, but it's already here and there's part of it that is not yet arrived. And that's what this text is about. So we are waiting and we're told in this text to wait with patience and hope. But that isn't always easy, is it? Especially when we're hurting. Most parents find joy in preparing their nursery and having a baby shower to celebrate, but I have to tell you that I delayed setting up mine and having the shower. After eight years of miscarriages and fertility work with many failed attempts, I wondered, will this pregnancy make it to the finish line? And during those long years of infidel- infertility, not infidelity, <laughs> wow, that was, a, that was quite a typo. Um, <laughs> I, during those long years, I learned a lot about waiting. It was really hard to wait with hope. I remember telling a friend, right now for me, hope is a four-letter word. No one told me how hard holding on to hope could be. And I often prayed that God would hold on for me on days that I was too weak to do so. And I came to understand that hope stayed alive for me because the Holy Spirit was lifting me up. Paul talks about this too. Not only does creation groan, and we ourselves groan, but in verse 26, right after what we read for today, we learn the Holy Spirit prays for us in weakness with groans too deep for words. The Holy Spirit is praying, interceding for us when we don't have the words. And what does it mean to acknowledge that no matter what you're going through today, God's Spirit is carrying you in prayer. Paul says, this is not just pain. This is birth pangs. We're stirred up from within to deliver something. We long for God's glory, and this delayed gratification makes the arrival even sweeter. Like a pregnant woman, our expectancy grows and becomes more joyful as we wait the holy spirit in us will help us to wait with eager hope till we're set free in glory so how is this holding on to hope possible not only does creation ourselves and the holy spirit groan but jesus groaned we hear about this in mark 15:37 on the cross jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last the death cry. Jesus groaned on the cross as his life ebbed away, which he gave so that we might live. He died in our place to put an end to sin and death's grip on us. Even though we suffer and groan now, because Jesus suffered for us, our future with God will be glorious. And you know, when suffering passes, sometimes we forget all the pain, or at least enough of it with childbirth that in some families, women have agreed to have more than one child. (laughs) With the joy of new birth, holding your newborn little son or daughter, the glory of it so overshadows the pain, groaning, and labor of birth, as if It never really happened. So too, as we come to God and we get glimpses of heaven and ultimately go to glory, I believe this present suffering will be as if it never happened. It will so pale in comparison to the glory yet to be revealed. It is the overwhelming joy and love that we were made for and out of which the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created us. We see all of this come to fruition in that famous verse, just a few verses after ours for today, and some of you have memorized this. It's it's Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. We can trust God is working behind the scenes, even if we can't see it and wait in hope. God is weaving it all together. And this good that God is bringing is not about our earthly blessings or our comfort, but it's about knowing that God is for us God is drawing us close. God is making us more like Jesus so that we can bear fruit living in his kingdom and receive our full inheritance and in glory on the final day. So no matter what we are going through, even when we don't see it, God is working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen.
0: To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.